We're here again. This is the Smallmouth Smalley Talk podcast. What's up, everybody? Both uh, your hosts are here drinking <clears throat> beer. We're half bent. Half bent, <laughs> dude. All right. Doesn't that mean gay? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, I'm, I hope it does. I think it's British slang. But anyways. Uh, Wanka. So, wank. <laughs> I know. I think it's... If you say somebody's bent, I think it means that they're not straight. So... There you go. Anyways, uh, so we're drinking uh, from they the... call me Bent. From the River Rat... <laughs> wait, wait, who's this from? Uh, this is from the uh, Columbia Craft Brewing Company. Uh, so this is a different beer. Uh, it's the Columbia Craft Lager. I'm going to read the description. Go for it, baby. Columbia Craft Lager is a full-bodied, clean, pale lager with low bitterness... I will attest to that. Yeah, it's very... Brewed with a variety of German malts and Hallertal Mittelfruch hops. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me get on those German words for you, bro. Brewed with a variety of German malts and Hallertal and Mittelfruch. <laughs> I think that's the correct... 4.8% 4. 4. alcohol by volume. Mittelfruch. We should have read that before we just tried to courageously uh, jump into I it. I jumped into it, and I was reading ahead, yeah. and I was like, shit. Halata? <laughs> Mittelfu? Is that offensive? Uh, to do a German accent? Yeah. No, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that all day. If you come for my if you come for my German accent, I'm done. I'm checking out a polite society. <laughs> oh, I forgot, Irish, I forgot German, to show you. these things have to be on the table. Hang on. Okay. I did a book the other day with my kids. I read an entire book in a German accent, thinking I was killing the game. I was like, you're the best dad in the world, dude. You just did this great theatric German accent. And I got done. I was like, all right, you guys want to read another one? They're like, yeah. Can you read it in a normal voice? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so this is our, we just finished our, we call them OG episodes. Basically episodes about nothing, especially in the winter time. Yeah, dude. Um, we're going to do our Smallmouth 101, our next installment of our Smallmouth 101 series here. Um, just a second. That's what um, we're doing right now, actually. But Yeah, well, I'm going to read this, gonna... though, because I meant to say this on the last episode. So my daughter, um, she's going to be in a musical, uh, but she she got was real excited about it and came home. It's the Jungle Book. She's she went to go watch the Jungle Book at home. So we have Disney Plus, right? Right. And she's like, Dad, this 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 show won't play. And I'm like, What do you mean? And I went back and looked at it, and I hit play, and it, this warning comes up, and it's a 10 second. Like it makes you read it. Okay. And here's what it's here's what it I says. will not be made to read. I want you to, I want you to tell me what you think of this. I will not be made to read, so and don't keep even in try. mind this is the animated jungle book. Okay. Yeah, it's the simple bare necessities. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact. Learn from it and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed committed to 
creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect rich diversity okay, of the human experience around the globe. To learn more about how stories have impacted society, visit www.disney.com slash stories matter. Wow, dude. <laughs> Can you believe I'm sh- that? I'm shocked right This now. is the Jungle Book. What I'm, happened on the Jungle Book that I'm was... I'm trying to think. Those buzzards were very British. And if, <laughs> they they're, saying, if they're saying that the British Empire was sort of feeding on the, the dead, rotting carcass of the rest of the world for like 300 years, then I would agree. Um, if, yeah, the British being portrayed as, as vultures is probably... That's probably very culturally insensitive, to be frank. I know. If I was British, I'd be highly offended. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I guess maybe Mowgli was. Maybe they're saying that the, that the movie's portraying indigenous people as non-caring parents. I don't know. Because I mean, Mowgli was like, Mowgli was like abandoned, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know if he's abandoned. He like lost. Maybe I. I think the Jungle Book is based on a on a story about uh, Indian children that were yes, raised I, by wolves. I think that that's I actually just, a real thing. I just thing. don't recall anything, even in my adulthood, watching it, Not thinking in, like, I'm thinking, "Ooh, this is really insensitive." Yeah, I'm talking about Indians from India who were who were <laughs> not raised. Native Americans. Yes. I got you there. Who were raised by? I think that's an actual thing where there are several documented cases of children who were actually like raised by wolves. But I don't think that it's a happy story. I think most of them ended up committing suicide. So. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't quite play into Disney's. Um, that didn't make it in. That didn't make the. That's in the director's line. cut. <laughs> so the director's the cut. raw version. Yeah, he just ends raw up working. Cut. He's like working IT support. He's like this. Oh he's like this sucks, dude. <laughs> I'd rather be back with working at a call center. I'd rather be back with Baloo. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to be a doctor. He spent twelve years not reading, so. If you think that that was a racist joke, you're the racist, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, he spent he spent his formative years in the wilderness. You think he's going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a you know neurosurgeon or something? No. You had to put lawyer in there, huh? I meant I didn't mean to do that, actually. <laughs> you self-righteous son of a bitch. I come from such white trash that like that's just a saying that people said. You know, like, do you like ever wake lawyers? up and you're like, oh, that'd be really cool if I was a lawyer? Wait, I am a lawyer. I've listened to one too many Trace Atkins songs. <laughs> Trace Atkins. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so back to one-on-one, dude. We're yeah, so back to we Lakers. actually have a really cool episode in store for you guys. So, you know, you, we've, we've done... Um, I think two one-on-one episodes. We did Rods and Reels. We did Line. Um, this one is the Beginner's Tackle Box slash Fly Box. And here's the scenario. You're a, you're a little wet boy. Mm. An aspiring one. Aspiring wet boy. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to, you know, you, you got, a little, got a little itch for to catch some, some bronze backs. Uh-huh. And uh, let's let's say you're just you know you really don't have a tackle box to speak of. You have a few lures that your grandpa gave you, um, and you're like, hey, yeah, or maybe okay. Let's let's. There are a lot of different scenarios where this. Well, could come we could play. you could have targeted a different species. Yeah, you could have before. come from moved from you know the mountains where there were trout to. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going mouth. somewhere different with that. No, you could have you know you could be. Yeah, you could be a if you're a fly fisherman, you you could be you could be just trying to get down in the mud and fish with the in the mud with the buds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like like do you know 
you're high culture, you move to the Midwest, everybody's redneck, and you're just like, this is the this is the only thing that there is here. Fish right. for smallmouth. Um, you're soon you're soon going to discover that you've been missing out. Let's just put it that way. If you've been catching trout, ooh, buddy, you've been missing out. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, you don't fish for smallmouth. You got to itch to fish for smallmouth. The scenario is this: you have come into some money, mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty dollars to be <laughs> exact. You are flush with cash. He's like big time. You had a huge financial windfall. You're you got one hundred fifty dollars burning a hole in your pocket. And you're going to take that $150 and you're going to assemble a fly box and or tackle box that is going to be a starter kit for your smallmouth fishing career. And what we're going to do is we're going to take turns. I'm going to handle the conventional side. Chris is going to handle the fly side. And the fly side might be a little different because, you know, a lot of guys tie flies. So the cost is going to be, you know. Not quite as uh, exact. My my cost I actually got off of TackleWarehouse.com. They're also a sponsor of this podcast. If you didn't know, um, what is TackleWarehouse.com? Oh, nice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you to all of our many many sponsors. <laughs> I By got, the way, we have none. If ever if any people are listening, it's like man, they really do have a lot of sponsors, and they're not very good at Shut reading. Shut up, ad. dude. They don't. They're not very good at reading ads. <laughs> Tacklewarehouse.com. Uh, we actually don't have Or you any. can get all your tackle needs met. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, hold on. Before we move on to actual substantive content, I just want to say that I was correct that the Jungle Book is based on the Wolf Boys of India. All right. So, there you go. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. I've definitely heard the stories before. Um, so, anyway, so we're going to go one by one. We're going to cover one type of lure or fly, and we're going to go back and forth until we fill out our entire box. Like I said, we have... Until your box is so freaking full. It's going to be so full, dude. Overflowing. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. Uh, so I'll start off uh, by first saying uh, we're not going to talk specifically about what you're going to put these lures in or flies in. Um you know, that's something you can though, solve for about $10. Though just loosely putting them in your pocket is not a good option. <laughs> go get an old backpack, uh, throw a couple Plano boxes in there, right. and you'll be good to go. Get a Kroger shopping bag, <laughs> put, it, put it in a backpack. Hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, so, and this is also like people, I'm sure, will be like, oh, that sucks. That's the worst advice ever. This is just what we would do. Yeah, so this is cater towards our type of fishing we fish midwest you know mostly rivers um you know we're we're probably more i would say small to mid-sized rivers we don't have any huge rivers here so this may change depending on where you're at in the country so if you disagree with us you know you're probably just living somewhere else that's probably the explanation um but for us this is what we're gonna roll with so Starting off, I broke mine down into kind of a top, middle, and bottom of the water column, and I'm sure Chris did the same thing. Um, and some of these, you know, they might be a little highbrow for you. Um, there are cheaper alternatives to some of the things that I'm going to be suggesting, but from my experience, um, a lot of 
lures you kind of get what you pay for if you go get the walmart specials they will catch fish i'm not gonna you know demean anybody for getting cheap lures but the larger or the more expensive stuff tends to last longer it also tends to run more true um which is a huge issue baits that run true is a huge issue yeah because especially with current you know there's a lot of disruption it's not like fishing a pond where there's zero current i mean you're you know, there are a lot of factors. You know, you're bouncing them off of rocks constantly. You know, you're bouncing them off your boat constantly. You're, you know, you're casting into trees or whatever. I mean, it's a, you know, it's not clean. Right. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I, I, you know, especially when you talk about, like, hard hard baits, hard lures. Mm. Um, hard baits. I would I would rather spend a little bit more on them personally. I feel like the nicer ones are a little they're they're worth the money. Um, so, anyways, getting started out, I'm going to do top water, and I'm probably very top water heavy because I like fishing top water, and I fish it. If I can fish top water, I will fish top water. I don't think I, you're heavy. Just, <laughs> just big bones. You're thick. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely heavy uh, in the top waters. You, you know, if, if any of you guys ever see us out on the water or you go fishing with this god help you mm. but um you'll you'll all if, if it's if it's if the water temperature is over 60 degrees like we're starting the day with top water like we eliminate that kind of first thing yeah let's I mean, rule this out yeah <laughs> let's make yeah, sure because if we don't what we don't want to do is miss out on a good top water day so right. I, I i spend a lot of my time in top water probably more than most um, but my first sometimes to a fault. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, my first suggestion is going to be a, a pretty high end lure. Um, it is a, a mega bass lure. It's Japanese. We we are very pro Japanese here. We are. Uh, it's a Pop X. So this is a um, this is similar to like a Rebel Pop R. Well, it's a Pop X. Um, you could go with a Pop R if you wanted to. Um, they're roughly. They're less than half the price. Pop X comes in at seventeen dollars and ninety nine cents. A Pop R is like seven bucks. But the reason that I like a Pop X better is uh, it sits uh, the way it sits in the water. It sits like kind of perpendicular to the water. So when you um, and it has a nice feather on the back. So when you're twitching it, it's going to have a lot of action. Um, it's you can move it more subtly, and it's still going to give it a, a nice. Um, nice pop in the water um so that's my first recommendation would be a, a pop popper style but specifically the mega bass pop x color wise i'm not going to get into too much color uh specific other than i will say this i'm a kind of a light dark guy so if the water is clear I'm going for lighter colors. If the water's dirty, I'm going to go for darker colors. I feel like a lot of the color schemes, um, with exception to maybe a couple presentations, and I'll get into that, are are over. People overemphasize them. I think most of the time, if I'm going to go buy a new lure, I will get a light one and a dark one. Not necessarily black and white, but it could be like, you know, a silver and a and a like a dark. Like a brown. Yeah, like a dark brown. So just something that shows up better in dirty water. Uh, top, specifically, I feel like color really doesn't matter at all. But maybe so how much sometimes. is that bait? 
I just I already said it. But oh, you did. Seventeen ninety nine. Okay, I didn't hear you say so that. So you're spending a pretty good chunk of money on this, but this is a high quality Japanese manufactured. Mm. Um, It'll lure. run for a hundred thousand casts without having to change the hooks. It will, and honestly, hard baits. That's one thing you'll notice. Hooks are usually going to be superior. If you go get in a cheap bait, like the hooks will dull really fast. And there's a couple lures on this, or they'll break. You'll break a right a prong of the treble hook. There's off a couple lures on here that I'll touch on that the the hooks kind of suck, and I would recommend changing them out after maybe the first couple times out. So, anyways, Pop X, Chris, go. Okay, what's your uh, first fly for? And this, you know, you may be thinking, okay, I've I've mastered. I mean, this is so easy. Conventional fishing. I'd ra- <laughs> I'd like to have a little bit of art in my life. A little bit of a little bit of serenity. A little bit of uh, you know. I'm stepping it up. I'm ste- I want to become a well-rounded angler. I'm sick of drinking <laughs> P- warm PBRs, and I'm ready to drink some Columbia, Columbia Craft Lager. Um. Anyway, so so for your number one like uh, beginner fly, you know that you have to have. Uh, it's not going to be a surprise for the people who know what's up, but uh, Clouser Minnow. So you're not going top, middle, bottom then? Uh, I, I'm i going more in a priority of work type okay. thing. So if you're like, I'm getting into fly fishing. I respect I, that. I only, you know, I don't have a ton of money to go at this. Because you also most likely had to have bought a fly rod recently. Well, if you're fly fishing, you're already rich. So I'm so assuming that people... You're either are, a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> right, <shut laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that people like... that. People could just get into smallmouth fishing and already have conventional gear. Like they could have like largemouth gear already. Right. They could be pond fishermen and like, okay, well, what do I need to fish with to catch smallmouth in a river? Most of the people that are coming into, you know, fly fishing for it for the first time have just bought a fly rod. You know, they just bought a fly rod. So, you know, you may not have enough money to spend $150 on a box. So I'm starting with the highest priorities first. So Clouser Minnow is the easiest, uh, most readily eaten fly out there. A lot of species will eat it. Uh, smallmouth really like them. So I have six of them. So you should buy six of them, okay? And you should buy them in the dumbbell eyes or what makes them sink faster or slower. So I would vary kind of the size of the fly. Generally speaking, the bigger the fly is, the, the heavier it'll be. Uh, you know, the heavier the dumbbell uh, weight will be on the front of it. Um, so, you know, I have just buying six of them. I like, you don't have to get super fancy with the colors. Uh, I would buy an olive and a white and a, or a chartreuse and white. I would just buy those two colors and just buy them in various sizes because the, you know, the heavier ones are going to sink a little bit. The lighter ones are going to kind of be a little bit more, uh, you know, have a neutral buoyancy to them. So, and those are generally about $3 a piece at your local fly shop. So, oh, and then before we get into, you know, the next thing, I'll just say another good option is just to go to your fly shop and be like, I'm going fishing this weekend and I've never done it before. Can you get me set up with like what I need to catch fish right now? Because I'm giving you also just like very broad strokes about seasonal things too. Like, you know, boogle bugs is going to be my next fly on the list. You don't want to fish with a boogle bug right now or in April 
you know, most likely that's going to be a fly that's going to come into prevalence like in June, July, August, September time I would fish a bugle bug in April. Maybe sometimes, but I'm just saying in general, like early April, you're not going to do that. So, So probably the better approach if you're really looking to get into this is to go to your fly shop and get set up. You know, sell, tell them you have $150 and you just want to Just make sure fish. that they actually fish for a small amount. Yeah, just <laughs> make sure you go to a good warm water fly shop. You're going to so, go to a fly shop that's like trout in there and then give you a bunch of trout yeah. flies. So Schultz, you know, go to, uh, and you can do this by phone too, but, wa- you know, moving water outfitters, you know, if you don't have a good fly shop around, you call one of those people, tell them what you want, and they'll ship it to you. Yeah. So that's what I got. So that's $3 a piece for six of them is $18. Oh, off the, we're off the we're about the same level here. Yeah. All right. Uh, so staying with the, I'm going to stay with my top water, top middle bottom theme here. My next top water is another Japanese lure. Um, it's made by a company called Evergreen. And this is uh, quickly becoming, I would say, my number two I don't know, number two, number three, topwater presentation. Um, but it's an evergreen shower blow 105. Um, this is... How do you work that? What is it? This is a... It's a walk the dog lure, um, but it also has lips on the front that kind of splash water as you walk the dog. So it's set, again, like the Pop X. This is a very... Um, it's like rear weighted uh, lure, so it sets in the water at an angle. And when you walk the dog, one, it's really easy to walk the dog with. Like, it's way easier than a spook. Um, and when you walk the dog, those lips kind of catch the water and they splash water to one side or the other. They have the best hooks. Literally, I've never had treble hooks this sharp that stay that sharp for that long. Like, 100% really, really nice hooks. And it has a nice feather on the back. Um, and another thing I'll touch on uh, with my top waters, I would not recommend buying more than one top water of each. And the reason being is because you really don't lose top waters that right. often. I, I mean, right. unless the fish breaks them off, like even if you break them off, you can usually go find them. It's definitely the least lost category. Right. So there's really no need to buy multiple ones. Now, eventually you will buy multiple ones, different colors and that. But for our purposes of this episode, we're talking about just putting together a beginner's tackle box. So one is fine. And if you don't know how to walk the dog, uh, you can YouTube it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, kind of an advanced. I mean, it's not exactly. This one, though, is like if you want to learn to walk the dog, like this is a good one to learn on because it, it's so easy to do it. Whereas some of the other ones are, are a little more. You got to practice. So anyways, that's a, and they do make that in different sizes. So I recommend the 105, which is a little bit like their smaller version. And you'll notice on a lot of my stuff, well, not all of it. Some some of it's going to be smaller profile. Some of it's going to be bigger. And that's going to depend on, you know, I wouldn't ever use this bait in dirty water. This is more of a clear water presentation. So the smaller works better for me. So that's an evergreen shower below 105. You're up, bud. Um, go ahead and go ahead and hit. And your that's seventeen ninety nine. Also, go ahead and hit your next one here. Okay, I've only got six. So my next one is actually going to be the Super Spook Junior. Nice. So it's another walk the dog bait. This is more of a classic uh, walk the dog bait, and honestly, you probably could do without it. But I, as I was going through my list, like I said, I'm a little top water heavy. 
Um, and that's just kind of like one of those baits. Like, um, it's also like if you're just learning how to smallmouth fish, top water makes a lot of sense. Like in the summer, yeah. you cover a lot it's more. Fun. You, it's more fun. You cover more water with it. It's more visual a, takes. Yeah, visual takes. So you kind of, you know, you get to see exactly where the fish are coming from. It's it's kind of. I think it makes sense for a beginner's tackle box to have a lot of top water heavy stuff. Yeah, and those so. come in at nine bucks. So right now, my running total is um well, 44.97 for the my for, and that, that's probably my three most expensive well it's not three most expensive it's, it's you have any more top water stuff oh yeah all right well, how many more top water things do you have two more all right hit them all right so my next one's going to be um a finesse buzz bait um that's a good one there's yeah. specifically and i started fishing this last year more i found one I don't know if I should give away this brand or not because it's a really good bait. Um, yeah. All these Indiana guys are going to be throwing this. Uh, it's called the Baby Buzz Bait. You can find it on Tackle Warehouse, but it's a little... Brought to you by TackleWarehouse.com. Yeah. I think it's an eighth ounce buzz bait. It's really small. But in clear water, that thing is freaking killer. I mean, Chris saw it this past year. I'm, was, I've always been a huge fan of the of the smaller size buzz yeah. baits. I, I have struggled to find one that I really liked that, like, I felt like it had a nice hook on it. It ran true. It had a thicker wire, so it wasn't getting all mangled up all the time. Right. And this one hits the spot. I haven't been able to find them anywhere besides Tackle Warehouse. So, but those coming at six dollars, so that's pretty cheap addition. And um, that's a that's a throw it out and crank it bait. Yeah. So, the, so if you're just getting started, that's probably a good place to start. Yeah, right. I mean, you're, you know, it depends on what style fishing you do. For me, I'm a power fisherman, and I find myself wanting to cover water uh, a lot. And that is, you know, you you literally can't cover water faster than a buzzbait because it's, you know, a pretty quick retrieve. It's it's not going to get hung up like a the next one I'm going to talk about uh, can like catch stuff. Now, okay, you want me to finish out my top water? Yeah, hit it. Okay. So the next one's going to be a Whopper Plopper, no surprise. Um, those I've actually like kind of backed off of those a little bit because it's like everybody's using them. So mm-hmm. for me, I try to go a little counterculture with my lure selection um, because I feel like in highly pressured waters, like if uh, fish see something a lot, they're going to be less likely to hit it. Now, when What's Whopper... The, what size are you going with? So, there are two sizes I'd recommend, but I'm for the beginner, I'm going to recommend a 75. Okay, so that's like the short, kind of fat one. Um, a 110 would be... It depends on what you fish. If you fish a river that gets muddy a lot, 110 would be better. If you fish more clear water, a 90 would be better. So if you're like fishing a dammed up section of a river a lot and you never it never gets muddy, the 75 would probably be better. If it's like white river type of thing that muddies up and is constantly dirty, the bigger profile will be better. But what I was getting at is the Whopper Plopper is when it came out, it was like super unique sound. And I feel like it elicited strikes. Like, like I remember the first time I tied one on it through i'm like oh my god these these fish are annihilating this thing and the subs subsequent like three seasons after that it everybody started throwing them and i feel like the fish kind of caught on a little bit 
Hmm. Um, so I've actually went back to more to like a buzz bait, and I feel like people don't throw that near as much as a whopper plopper nowadays. Which it, they're, I personally like the buzz bait idea. I think that they, especially like when you've got leaves on the water. Yeah, there's pros and cons. I mean, your hookup ratio is less with the buzz bait, but they, if you, when you do hook up, they don't come off. Right. Whopper plopper, better hookup ratio, but they can shake it. They can throw it. Um, get hung up. You get hung up more with the, obviously with the whopper plopper. Um, and that's actually the whopper plopper hooks are razor sharp out of the box, but they dull really fast. So I would, would recommend keeping an eye on those within your first couple of trips and probably swapping them out. Um, so that rounds out my top water though. So what, what, what do you got next? So I'll go ahead and hit my top water things here. Uh, Boogle bug, which, uh, a boogle bug is a popper. It's like, it it's imitates, uh, we've talked about them before on the podcast, but it imitates like a damselfly or a locust or a dragonfly, something like that. But um, I have six of them. They're $6 a piece, you know, on the, on my list here. So that's uh, $36. Um, they make them in several sizes and they make several different types. They make like a, you know, an amnesia bug. They make... You know all these different types. I just like the boogle boogle bug. It's just a boogle popper, uh, and I basically would buy them in two colors. I like blue and black, um, and you can buy. You know, I like I like the bigger size. You know, when there's a little bit of stain on the water, and then like the medium or small, the medium to small size, which is I think a small a size six hook. I like that when the water's starting to get a little low. You can fish those a lot of different ways. You can pop them. You know, really aggressively. You can dead drift them whatever but it's basically like if you only had to have two flies it would make sense to me to have a boogle bug and a clouser minnow i mean those are two pretty versatile i mean i i don't know that i've been out with you more than maybe once or twice you haven't thrown a boogle bug at least some yeah it's it's a good good fly i like them i like the way they eat i like the way that they're very sturdy you know you can catch 75 fish on a boogle bug but and then i i didn't really mention like kind of my other methodology behind this is like if you're just getting started out, like paying $12 for a fly doesn't make a ton of sense. Plus, you know, those big articulated flies are not easy to cast. Uh, they take a little bit more technique with regards to how the action that they have in the water and kind of making them work for you. So these flies that I'm picking out are also very simplistic, kind of like beginner type flies, but they'll also catch a lot of fish. I mean, you know, they're not going to be exclusively big fish flies or anything like that. But, you know, my thought process on it is like if you're just like if you're listening to this thinking like, what do I need to buy to get like a basic fly box together? Um, you're probably not a super experienced fly fisherman, you know, so these are pretty like, you know, basic flies like a clouser minnow. You can dead drift a clouser minnow like a wounded minnow would be. You can strip it really fast to make it run away, you know, which will drive, you know, trigger a smallmouth prey drive. You know, you can uh, kind of rapidly or, you know, like erratically strip it back to you to make it kind of swim, you know, all over the place. So you can do a lot of different things with the clouser minnow. Um, and a boogle bug is kind of the same way for top water you can work it a lot of different ways and and it's just a good way to like start figuring out how to set the hook how to re how to bring a fish in how to cast you know those are those are good flies to kind of get started on um 
So, and I'll go ahead and hit my next one too. Uh, so that way I've got the clouser minnow is typically worked in the kind of the middle of the water column. The boogle bug is top water. And I'll say before you move on the, um, as a conventional guy, kind of having the exposure to that boogle bug one, it's, if you haven't seen a top or a, a smallmouth take on one of those, um, I guess more what I would consider more of like your typical take where they're coming up and addressing it. And we've said this on the pack podcast before, but it's probably the coolest for me. It's like the coolest thing. And, and I get to see them a lot because I'm rowing while Chris is fishing them. And, uh, dude, they're, <laughs> I mean, very, very cool takes. Cause yeah. they're like measured. They're like eating a little bug. You know, yeah. they eat a bug a lot different than they eat like a bait fish or most a of the time. Fish. I mean, they do give you a confidence eat every once in a while where they come up and smash. But right. A lot more, a lot more, uh, you know, they look at it as like, okay, this is a low calorie meal. So I'm not going to expend a lot of calories to eat it. Right. You know, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to come good way up to and put it, yeah. you know, I'm going to come up and just sort of sip it down. And it's a, you'll see a lot of, um, You'll see your fish a lot before well, they Well, I mean, it. there's been a couple of them that I've seen were just like, they would just stare at it. Right. And then, you know, I would say I'll give you uh, a lot of credit in the way that you fish them. You fish them very disciplined. And it's funny, you got, you always scold people when they don't fish them that right. way. It's tempting uh, for anyone it, with a lure that, or a fly that you have to let pause for a long time, but you let those pause. Like you consistently fish them. I would say 80% of the time that you fish those, like you're like very, 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 very slow, methodical, like long pauses on when you're fishing those. Like you, I never see you ripping those across the top of the water and making big old blurps not a lot of blurps i'm not a blurp guy people do it with success it's just not my i mean yeah it's just not the way i do it with yeah. success you know different strategies work for different people for my, for me i think it's you know i look at it as like this is imitating a bug very rarely do i see a bug just go hammering across the top of the water yeah, I you mean, know. you see them barely even making any sort of disturbance. More times than not, you see a fish eat on top, and you're like, I wonder what that fish just ate. Yeah. So. See a know, little. A, little. Yeah, maybe, like, I mean, I think there's probably something to, like, cicadas or something like that, you know. Um, but but anyways, so those are my, those are my top two. Uh, number three, and this is the only bottom fly that I have, uh, because bottom fly fishing is tough. It's, it's actually kind of not if you have a bobber, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't do that a lot. I mean, I fish. I fish strike indicators like in the winter a lot, but I don't do it a lot in the you know when the water temperature is over fifty degrees. But a, a near enough cray is a good one to start with, or a single fly cray from Schultz is a really good one, or a low water cray from from Schultz is another really good one. But um, you know, either either of any of those, and they all run about five dollars a piece. And I think you should buy about five of them. That's a fly you'll lose semi regularly. And you know, if you're just getting started off, it's not a fly I would recommend you go to unless you're pretty confident that they're eating crayfish and that's what they want. So it's just tougher. I mean, you've got to figure out how to get the fly down, 
how to make it how to make it pause on the bottom without your fly line working against you you know plus you just have a limited amount of sensitivity so fishing a bottom fly you know when you're just getting started is pretty tough but again you know these crayfish flies you can work them pretty you know you can dead drift them you can try and just have them pause on the bottom you can strip them back to you you know and that, and and that's fine i'm just saying from my perspective and maybe i'm way off here but if you're just getting started you know i would probably be more focused on middle of the water column top of the water column and you know if you absolutely have to i would you know you can fish bottom and that's why i recommend you at least have them in your box for the option to fish crayfish because you know depending on the watershed you're in or depending on what's going on in the river that may be the ticket so you should at least have that option in your box so that's good um so for me i'm going to switch over so that i did a little calculation here i'm my top selection represented $63.95 of my 150 so definitely heavier on the top water um so i'm moving to the middle of the water column and also by the way if i missed some stuff like um sorry mm. <laughs> but i put this list together earlier tonight so definitely may not have i i'm actually already thinking of one thing i probably would have put in here so I'll give it an honorable mention. Um, Cheater. Yeah. So my first, no surprise. Fluke. Got that fluke, bud. <laughs> you can get flukes at Walmart. Super flukes at... Super fluke by Zoom. Yep. I'm going to go with the super fluke. So not the original fluke. The um, one with the little belly on the top to hide the hook. Um, and that is, for me, you know... I fish two colors 90% of the time, and that's albino shad and um, I think it's pearl white. Now, I have to ask you, because my my flies come with hooks on them. So did you figure hooks into the cost of all this? I did, yep. Okay, all right. Um, so I'm going to recommend buying two packs of those to start out with, $3.49 a piece, so pretty affordable. Um the so i i you know i like i said i fish white pearl and albino shad those are both really light colors and the reason being i don't really fish flukes if it's dirty water there's no vibration going on with those so uh that's this is more of like a cloudy to clear water presentation uh it's obviously if you know anything about a fluke it's a bait fish presentation so you definitely wouldn't want to fish this somewhere where there's no bait fish is not a forage for a small mouth. Um, so two packs of flukes and then the hooks that go with them, I, I rig them a little unconventionally. Uh, you know, it's a nose hook presentation and you're going to get a gamagatsu. That's also Japanese. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, it's my favorite fly, fly tying hooks as well. Yep. Wide gap finesse hook two ot. So, I've actually put out, I've had a lot of people ask me about this technique, and I believe I got it from uh, Juan Verut, actually, is the guy that originally uh, put a video out or something a long time ago. Former on this. guest on the podcast, Just dude. an old buddy of mine, so, um, but he, uh, 
if, if you if you're wanting to know how to do it, it it's you know text me about it or, or message me about it um, I'll, I'll send you a little video or whatever but it's essentially hooking through the the nose of the lure and the advantage behind that is the the, the hinge points at the front of the bait and the action you get is just I mean you can ask Chris it's pretty pretty convincing it looks good in the water yeah. um, fluke is very versatile Darts around it looks very wounded yeah it, it it actually it does look a lot like a fly. Um, I think it's very similar to like a game changer, which I'm sure Chris has on his list. But um, but yeah, and they're versatile too. So you can fish them fast, slow, top. You can let them sink. Um, they're it, it's if I could only choose one lure in my box, that would be it. And I wouldn't catch any fish in the wintertime, most likely. Maybe you catch some, um, but I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, so wide gap finesse, two gamagatsu, and flukes. Those hooks are three dollars and forty nine cents a pack as well, and I would get two of those. So it's two packs of flukes, two packs of hooks. Dude. And fourteen dollars. Uh, I didn't mention that, but for a fluke, I definitely run a bla- uh, braid to to fluorocarbon leader almost hundred percent of the time. Um, so that's. Do you want me to go further? How yeah, many go more ahead. You got? How many do you have left? I'm going to waste. Um, All right, let's move through them a little bit. So I the next one I'm going to do is a um, spinnerbait. So I'm going to do two spinnerbaits. One of them are going to be uh, is going to be a double willow leaf white spinnerbait. Um, and this is going to be more of your clear water, cloudy water uh presentation um and i think i usually if i remember i usually throw a quarter ounce that's kind of typical the one i'm going to recommend those an accent mark dove river special um and those are a good uh high quality spin rate they're made in indiana um and they just are they've you know they look nice they have high quality materials nice hook all that stuff so those come in at seven dollars and ninety nine cents. So I'll have a white double willow leaf, and then I'm then I'm gonna go with another accent spinner bait. It's the night special, and this is my muddy water night special. This is honestly probably if I could say one thing that I fish that like kind of my secret lure. Mm. It's not so secret, but this is it because you would be surprised how many guys I say about fishing a big spinnerbait for smallmouth. They're like, you catch smallmouth on spinnerbaits? Hmm. I'm like, hell really? yeah, I catch smallmouth on spinnerbaits. So this is a kind of a very um, straightforward decision. If I go out and the river is less than a foot or less of visibility, I will probably throw this like 95%. If it's less than 18 inches, you throw a spinnerbait. Yeah, and it's yeah. a big... So I usually throw a... Um, a half ounce, so it's big. It's a big boy, and it has, I think, a number five single Colorado blade on it. And this thing, you can feel it like in your hand when you're reeling it. It's, it puts off a ton of vibration. Um, and they come in different colors. They're all kind of dark colors. I like the the black and orange, but they also have like a black and blue and a black and pink. Anything dark, because dark you got to think about dark contrast really well in with like a tan mud color. So, uh, 
honestly, you know, it's a, it re- I'm not going to go into super specifics about this lure, but just a spinnerbait general is like super fun to fish. You can fish it fast. You can, it doesn't hook up on anything. You almost always hook fish with them. I mean, very rarely do you miss fish with a spinnerbait. Um, this is a really awesome lure. And, you know, in this same category, a lot of guys would say, well, if they're a chatterbait and that's fine. Um, I'm a spinnerbait guy. That's nice. like, like spinnerbaits. Um, then I'll round out my middle of the water column. I'm going to go with the square bill. And, you know, I put on here a Bandit 100, but hey. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. Are you? I like the Bandit 100. Yeah, I'm going to go with think the... Is uh, too good for a Bandit 100? No, but I recently started throwing the, the Rapala, um, Rapala, whatever you call that. Uh, it's their balsa one, and I'm trying to think of what it's called. Well... Anyways, the balsa one from Rapala. <laughs> you want me to... You, you don't like this, huh? No, your list is extensive. Yeah, well, I have $150 to spend on stuff. Um, I think you went way over budget here, bro. I think no, I haven't. Price is right. I haven't. It's 136.60 is what my total is. Hmm. Um, You're making a lot of changes here, though. I, I well, we'll just go Bandit 100, then. That's fine. $6.99. Don't doubt yourself. You're really Square great. bill. It's going to run two to five foot, two to four foot. Um, anybody that knows anything about fishing knows square bills for large amount, smallmouth, or whatever are kind of a go-to. Um, Good beginner bait. Too. Yeah, yeah. Mindless Chris used to throw them back in the day. We called him Crankbait Chris. <laughs> you did call me that. And that was out of pure jealousy, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you did catch a lot of a lot of fish on the crankbait. Um, okay. My next uh, next one to finish out my middle of the water column is a Rapala, another Rapala, uh, an X-Rap. Okay. So this is a, a smaller suspending jerkbait, and uh, this is a good early spring. Is like a lot of times that's 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 the go-to lure. So um, suspending jerkbait, Rapala X-Rap. The hooks suck, so you have to replace them uh, probably pretty quickly. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a good solid bait and that comes in at $9.79. All right. So that's my middle water column. Chris, what do you got next? All right. So for my next one, it's another top water fly, uh, Todd's wiggle minnow. Um, just another, you know, kind of like Josh had like several top water bait fish patterns. This is just a really good starter bait fish pattern fly for the top water. So it's basically a piece of foam with a hook on it and it kind of uh you know when you strip it back to you it gives you like a crankbait action as it swims back and then it flutters back to the surface and kind of sits on top so you can fish this with either an intermediate line or a floating line it's just a really you know uh solid all-around fly and those come in at about six dollars a piece Uh, i have four of them on my list you know as um you know, I, I would probably vary the colors. Like I like a white, um, and I also like the fire tiger color, you know, which is orange and, uh, green. So those are, uh, that's my next one. Um, and go ahead, Josh, you can grab another one there because your list is never ending. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, so I'm going on bottom now and we're going to go, uh, we're going to go with the, the, one that you would probably this is probably your favorite conventional lure well i don't know you picked it in the draft and you robbed it from me oh what is it it's the ned rig 
Oh. Ned Rig. And I'm going to go. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite conventional. No, but, well, lure. you use it. When you when you drop the fly, the, a lot of times that's what you're throwing. Most of the times because it yeah. it's tough to replicate that pattern on right. a fly. Um, that or a spinnerbait. Those are the two things that that's on true. conventional gear I fish the most. Um, probably about 10% harder on the fly. I I'd say. say it's about 30, 35% harder. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to recommend buying up one pack of. Uh, TRD finesse TRDs, um, four bucks. My favorite color is Molting Crawl, um, and then I also am gonna get. We're gonna utilize that same platform, and we're gonna get the uh, Hog Z's, which are a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter, but they have little tentacles on them. Uh, that's a little more expensive, four dollars and forty nine cents. And the cool thing about these, they're made from a very um, durable plastic so one bag will last you quite a while usually at least one if not two trips i'm a crawlsy guy i like the crawlsy a lot yeah those are those are okay i i i just haven't had a lot of luck on them so i haven't really really fished them a ton these are um you know probably in the winter time i i fish these about 90 percent of the time for my winter winter stuff and then the heads the jig heads that go along with them there's a lot of different uh styles out there for me personally, in a in a rocky river, I like the ones with the little weed guards on them because I feel like it doesn't get hung up near as much. And Z-Man makes some. There's a lot of companies that make them. If you have a suggestion of other than Z-Man on a good weedless Ned rig head, let me know because I'm actually looking to order some. Um, but I usually get use one tenth ounce and one sixth ounce. So um, I would get a pack of each, um, and that is uh, that's my Ned setup. So. What, what do you got next there, bud? Uh, so the next one is kind of another mid, mid-water column. Um, mid-water column fly. So uh, zonkers, I like, especially for beginners, that's a really easy fly to cast. It's a really easy fly to catch fish on, and it's readily eaten by, you know, every class of fish in the river. So um, it's basically a hook with, you know, a strip of rabbit hide on it, which is a very like natural breathy type material on it. And, uh, those come in at $4 a piece and I have four of them. Again, I like basically two, actually I like three colors in a zonker. I like a black one. Um, I like the chartreuse color and I like white. So those are the three, um, colors that I tend to go with. And, you know, I've got a lot of big fish on a zonker. And it's also a really easy fly to start learning how to tie, too, just like the clouser is. Uh, it's probably one of the easiest flies to tie. Um, very basic, very simple. Um, and you can buy them in a variety of sizes. You know, I would say probably, you know, two to three inches is a good starting starting spot. And, you know, you can buy them in various weights, too. But, you know, I, I wouldn't get too fancy. Just kind of uh, just make sure you have them. You know, they swim a little different than a clouser. There's a little bit more action on them. Um, and they're very small and simple so that you can have, you know, in clear water conditions, that's a very productive fly. You know, it's not there's not a lot of flash to it, you know. Um, it's kind of a subtle presentation, and it's, you know, just kind of a killer. So... It's and, and and not a lot of people use it because, you know, they've moved on to more advanced type flies. But this one, that one will straight kill them. So, all right. Um, okay, so I only have two more, so I'll go with one, and then you can 
you can. I've got one more too. Okay, so I'll do my last two then. Uh, so my next one's gonna be this is a, another Chris Vaughn special. It's the Baby Rage Tale Crawl, nice. mm-hmm. um, made by I think Strike King. Yep. Um, and uh, I think the color I usually gets Alabama Crawl. Alabama Crawl. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a good color. Three inch. Um, yeah, the, the Baby Rage is three inch, so that's key. And I run those on a shaky head specifically the one that i use is an eighth ounce spot remover head i don't know that there's a huge difference on the different types of shaky heads besides the keeper and i do like the keepers that have the um kind of spiralized little screw eye on them they tend to keep the the end of the bait and for those that don't don't know what a shaky head is it's the lure is connected to some kind of keeper at the head. So you put the butt of your lure up there and then you hook your hook kind of Texas rig style into the bait. And it's a weedless presentation. So without a weed guard, so it's a pretty effective um, presentation in in any sort of cover. It looks like it's got a spring on a football head jig and there's a hook on it as well. And what you do is you just take the bottom of your bait and you screw it onto that spring and then your hook will be readily in position to Texas rig, you know, your your uh, crayfish. Yeah, there. and there's there's different keepers. Like, they have a barbed yeah. one. I just feel like the, the screw it. eye tends to keep it a I agree little, little better. A little harder to put on to change out lures, but it, it, uh, it keeps on there better. Um, so, yeah, so I'd do a pack of those. $5.49 for the plastic, $5.99 for the heads. Like I said, eighth ounce is what I use. Um, and then my last thing would be a finesse jig. And there's a lot of finesse jigs out there. For me, for versatility, I get the the kind of Nedrig finesse jigs. I started using those. And that's basically one of those shroomsy heads, the Ned heads, um, with a skirt material tied on it. And I like those because you can use all those Ned Rig like family of baits as trailers, and they look really good. Now for those specifically, little secret, um, I do trim the skirts on them, and I trim them quite a bit, like up to the point where they won't even lay down. And I tr- I do that because a finesse jig I feel like is designed to be really low profile, and I don't like a lot of skirt material on it, so I trim those quite a bit. Uh, out of the package and I trim them before I even throw them in my tackle box. I take them out of the package, trim them, throw them in there. And I trim probably half of the length of the skirt on them. Um, and color, you know, if you're a color coordinator, I mean, there's different colors. I don't really think there's huge difference. I have a couple cool colors. There's one that's like a, I think it's like a bluegill color that I really like. And then you just pair that up with whatever color makes sense for on, on your TRDs or your hogsies. So, Anyways, that's uh, that rounds out mine. I like I said, my cost came to one thirty six sixty, so I feel like that's a pretty, um, you know, doable amount of money if you're wanting to get started. And that honestly would get you enough tackle, uh, you know, to last you for a while. Um, you know, give you uh, you you have to obviously replace the soft plastics as you use them and that sort of thing, but. Um, it would it would enable you fish in a very variety of conditions, variety of seasons, variety of um, you know uh, variables that uh, come out. You know when you're on the river, clear water clarity, flow, 
um, cover, that sort of thing. And I, you could really, I mean, I would say all these baits combined, if you added up the time that I fish with something else, would probably be less than 5%. Yeah. So 95% of the time I'm using something on that list. Oh, wow. So, and then every once in a while I'll pick up a new technique and, you know, I'll maybe replace one of these with something else, you know, that sort of thing. It happens. I kind of rotate things out as I find new techniques. But if you're using more presentations than this, I feel like you're probably, your name is Derek Burton. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably don't, you probably don't need to be listening to this. Yeah, episode that's probably. probably. Um, okay, well, my last one uh, is the game feathered game changer, or just a brush, you know, changer. Um, and this, is, you, Chris fishes just this about ninety five percent. I fish between this and a boogle bug. I fish, uh, I fish those yeah. a lot. Um, I fish other flies for sure, but you know, that's those are my two favorites, um, no doubt. So I have two of them on there. I think you should buy if you know if you're just getting started. This is I put this at the bottom for a reason. I think that this is this should be the one that you kind of have in your box that you're afraid to fish a little bit and kind of like you know I don't know. I mean I think that you should definitely like it's an advanced technique. It is a little bit advanced. It's not that it's like hard to do. It's not that you know it, it's just you know there's ways about moving it in the water and especially fishing it in current that like elicits a, strikes yeah and yeah. and letting it hang certain ways letting it you know stripping it back certain ways you know uh, i think it is a little bit more advanced watching you know if you're the angle of the cast as opposed to the current i think is a big deal you know you want like a lot of times when they eat i mean your fly is holding perfectly still so you want to be able to control your fly line you know, you want to be able to control the way that you're stripping to move the fly just right. So I think that, you know, probably a good place to start is by uh, a four inch, you know, feathered game, feathered game changer or any, you know, I say feathered game changer, they make them from all kinds of different materials now. But, you know, something like in that four inch range, three to three and a half to four inches, uh, you know, single hook, you know, white you know, I don't, don't worry about colors. White is the way to go. Um, and you know, I would buy one of those and then I would buy one that's five inches and I would, you know, mess with them, you know, experiment with them, probably more fishing with the other stuff and kind of more like casting with, with these kind of, you know, experimenting with them, kind of seeing how moving it certain ways moves the fly you know, uh, figuring out kind of where the fish are is way more important and probably it's more effective to do so with the other flies that I've listed. But, um, you know, those are also expensive, you know, each of those flies is, you know, the smaller ones, I think like the Flyman company ones are like, uh, like 10 bucks. And then like, if you buy one that's spun up at a local shop, you know, it's going to be like 13, 14 bucks. So those are, you know, but they, they are durable. I mean, you'll catch a lot of fish on them, especially if they're tied well. You know, that's another thing like, you know, go to Moving Water Outfitters. There's this kid there that ties great ones, you know, um, you know, Schultz, you know, you can buy really good ones there, you know, but it's not something that you should probably just buy at any old place. You know, I'd buy, I'd buy nice ones and kind of, um, you know, figure out how to use them. Is there like a, a popular online fly retailer? I mean, Orvis sells flies, but yeah, I, guess I would Orvis. say I would say no, probably. Seems I would like say that's a market opportunity. 
most people that do this kind of Tie like the own. idea of going yeah. into the shop and kind of picking the experts' brains on like what's working, how they fish thing. I mean, I know like for me, like going in, talking to the guys that are guiding that are out there all the time that have like new ideas or see new things or whatever. It gives you, you know, a little bit more insight, but, but anyway, so the total for my, for all my flies is like 140 bucks. So I know it's not a lot of flies, especially compared to the conventional guys, but you know, like I said, if you're just getting into this, you probably need to be more concerned about, um, you know, casting about, you know, uh, how to, how to retrieve a fish, you know, once you've got it hooked, you know, setting the hook, coordinating those movements and all that kind of stuff. And the, the flies that I listed there, like I said, out of, uh, I mean, I do this a lot and I would say that I spend 80% of my time fishing with one of the flies that I listed on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another fly that's a cool, similar to a fluke, you know, it's, I mean, it's very similar to a fluke. It's almost the exact same thing. It just is different material. It looks very similar in the movements. And just like because you water. Only, you fish a white fluke, I fish the white game changer. Yeah, and that's yeah, it that's an easy if they're on a game changer changer bite, you know, it's really easy duplicated with conventional gear and same thing if I'm catching one a fluke, you know, you'll tie on a uh, uh, game changer, but yeah. You know, it's actually there's that's probably something that a lot of people experience fishing fly and conventional next to each other that's Mm -hmm. probably pretty unique to us you get to see the different reactions to the fish you know it's probably made you a better fly angler i would say yeah i'd say so there's been a couple times you've sure. gotten really frustrated but yeah for the most part you usually figure it's it because out because there's like probably a 30% advantage with commercial <laughs> uh it's more like 10% uh-huh all right well hey everybody thanks for listening to this one uh you know pretty dry content heavy but you know hopefully uh, valuable though yeah, hopefully you got something out of it and you know if you're out there you know just an aspiring aspiring freaking wet boy just yeah just trying want, to get wet. Just wanting to stuff your box full of stuff. Then <laughs> hopefully you listen to this episode and got something out of it. Yeah. And uh, I know Chris touched a lot on where to get this stuff. So local fly shops uh, for the fly guys are, you know, getting into tying. Um, for me, I, you know, I like to support local as well. So, you know, local tackle shops, you know, we'll have most of this stuff, um, a good ones. Um, and then, you know, like if you can't find something, you know, TackleWarehouse.com is a good one. Um, there's a couple other, you know, bigger online retailers of them. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking to, if you any if you have any questions about this, we are all all always uh, very responsive on messages. So feel free to message us if you, you know, if you want to, um, you know, pick our brain about some stuff in your beginner. Those are the guys that we like talking to the most. Honestly, the guys yeah. that are beginners that you're looking to soak up some information will will lead you the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that's that's all we got. You got anything else, Chris? No, thanks everybody for listening. And as a, oh wait, we didn't grade our we didn't uh, scale our beer here. Okay, um, what did you think? Uh, for a lager, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it an 18, solid 18. I'm gonna give it a 17, and mostly because it's a lager. Yeah. 
So, and I'm not a huge IPA guy. Actually, I like dark beers better. Well, this is a, this isn't an IPA. No, I know that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. I'm. I think some people might assume, oh, he doesn't like lagers or red ale, so he's like an IPA guy. That's not really my thing. I I like Belgian style, kind of dark, darker beers. That's kind of my thing. Um, so if you if you guys have any good dark beers you want to send our way, um, send them over. I'll, I like, I'll I pound liked, them. I like this. I like this one a lot. Thanks everybody. All right, always free the fighter. Free the fighter.